the award-winning crunch time for Azito Power Tools, German design quality and innovation powering DIYers all day, every day. I think it's pretty clear, don't you? I think, oh, if, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. You sling tackle and the player hits the head, uh, the head on the ground, then you're in trouble. Mm. Should, should it be that? I mean, is the act in and of itself enough, even if the head doesn't? Because you put the player into a dangerous position just by doing the action. Yeah, I, I, I think there's some grey in it. And okay. That, and, that, and that's it's difficult to judge, um, you know, the, the potential to cause injury. I, that, that would come up in, in Taylor Adams' case, the potential to cause injury. Um, which is subjective, mm. yeah. Like, but the action itself, and then hitting the ground, I think that's really clear. There's a, you know, on the day where Gary Ablett Junior uh, Senior mm. comes out and says, you know, he's got, uh, you know, permanent Long damage. Yeah, mm. that, like the day we have two cases where there's incidental contact to the mm. head, or there's, uh, I think we're we're heading in the right direction. Mm. There's some growing pains going to be probably along the way of you know mending this or trying to mm. fix this in our game, but. Um, on a whole, I think the, the reality of trying to take away these these head knock um, occurrences is, is a good Eminently sensible Collingwood coach Craig McRae on the run home during the week. Big news of the week. For Repco authorised service for expert car service you can rely on, book online at repcoservice.com. The, the predominant debate has been the dangerous tackle. Eight suspensions in five rounds, three out of gather round and two that have a huge impact for Collingwood and Essendon heading to Anzac Day. Jared Waitley, Mark McClure, David King and Sam Edmonds. I did rather enjoy the the pleas to the AFL for clarity and they just went copy-paste. Uh, pretty much. A handful of clubs, obviously, in the wake of last weekend, the suspensions you mentioned, Jared, approached the league looking for clarity. They said, we just want some clarity. What actually does constitute a dangerous tackle in the game now? And have you guys, the AFL, shifted your interpretation? And the AFL went to their memo department and they sent a memo out on Thursday night and they simply said, look, following some inquiries this week, please find below and attached clarity on what constitutes a dangerous tackle. This was sent out to you guys in February 2021. <laughs> uh, signed by boss Dan Richardson in regards to AFL. So it runs the, the clubs through the, the five points um, uh, when an umpire will award a rough conduct free kick for a dangerous tackle, when a player executes a tackle, which we know the triggers for that. And then there's an extension to that, as we know, for 2023. Now, if, if you're going to get uh, tackled and you're going to be slung to the ground and you hit your head, then you are uh, exposed to potential to cause injury and all sorts of things out the other side of that, Jared. So I'm with Craig McRae. I actually don't quite understand the confusion, to be honest. I'm not even sure there's grey area here. It's pretty clear. Yeah, and there's a there's a suite of case studies, just to emphasise it. And, and Marcus Bontempelli had read the memo. When he tackled Jager O'Meara last night. You found it. There it is. And he was aggressive. And then he was Thank taking you. it around. He just lay, lay yes. him down. Do you, it's not a lay Do you down. grant that's first a lay First quarter, 9.42 for those who've got okay. that KO. Lay down's a bit strong, but you see where I'm coming from, though, where, don't you? This is where KO's brilliant. He put, he let him down gently. <laughs> $30 it was a, a month. It was a soft, <laughs> it was a soft landing. Just can if you're a club member. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm not here to talk about KO. Um, I think there are elements of this which... My personal view is when you call in a game, you you know a dangerous tackle the moment that it happens. It causes you to wince. And the idea that somehow or another the, the 1,100 tackles of the weekend are all going to be compromised by the two or three suspensions, it's just that's just inflammatory nonsense. Jared, it's taken Marcus Bontempelli five minutes to sort it out. So if you've got a player, instead of the extra effort to dump, and that's it is an extra effort to dump. It is an extra effort to sling. You lay them down. You just don't do the extra effort, whether it's lay them down or yeah. just let them go. Um, players adjust quickly. This nonsense that it's, oh, it's been part of our game for 100 years. We can't change that. that that's just silly. 
You never see the bump anymore. Yes, you do. Sometimes. You but not in a bad day. In a game, but but they, not every bump was 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 a, a concussion thing. They actually went for you in those areas. And this was going on in the seventies and eighties, and it went through to now in the nineties and the two thousands. It's done. Everyone knows the rule. It's going to take some time. I read a piece yesterday that said that the risk is that the tackle will now go the way of the bump. I see bumps in every game. What you don't see is the ultra aggressive shirt front, or you don't risk the hip and shoulder in the same way Correct. that you might have, but there's still hard physical contact 100%. bumping around the ball and there will be hard physical tackling just without slapping a bloke's mm. head into the turf. So yeah. just reading this memo so, that was resent out on Thursday night, I don't need to say resent out, Jerry, with the attachment. Um, there, it, This is when the, 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 f- down. the free kick will be awarded for rough conduct. So as per the bullet point here, when there is excessive or unreasonable rotation, the tackle is unreasonable in the circumstances, i.e. forceful drives a player to the ground, the tackle has an excessive second action, for example, and arm or both arms are pinned, leaving a player in a vulnerable position. The legs of the tackle player are lifted. Thankfully, we don't see this too often, and that includes, but is not limited to the legs going past horizontal. And the tackled player's head is in a vulnerable position. So they're, they're their bullet points or their triggers, if you like, to pay the free kick, which is why in the evidence and the example that were shown on social media ad nauseum uh, in the week just gone, Clayton Oliver on Luke Parker the MCG in round three, why it wasn't a reportable fence instead of a free kick only. Yeah, so it's a dangerous tackle, he but it's lucky. a free kick. And, and he was doesn't, very lucky. Oh, if he injures Parker or Parker lands on his head, he's serving multiple weeks. And but maybe that's the not reason, what happened. No, and maybe the reason he doesn't is just by virtue of the fact that he's Luke Parker, a rusted-on, gritty old veteran who's probably, if it was Luke Smith in his second season in the comp, might have been a different story. He didn't rotate him to land on his head, though. So he rotated him to a degree, but he didn't actually land Parker on his head. No, he was so lucky, I actually, Yeah, I agree with that. He was going... That it was that velocity quick was, and that fast, he had no idea yeah. he was going to land, but it didn't land. He got lucky, he didn't land him on his head. No, no, he got lucky. Well, <sighs> this is more, I think, a rule for lower level comps because we have age groups, you have kids at different levels of, of growth. A big kid tackling a little kid, they can do whatever they want with them, they can drill them into the ground, they can yeah. slam them. So, you sometimes got to make rules for the greater game, not just not just the, the nine games of a weekend. Actually, I, I I, they'll work it out. Eventually, they'll, they'll get suspended and they'll say, hang on, I'll go, I can't do that again. Uh, and, and, and this is what's going to happen. And they're going to keep doing it until they do it. Some codes have um, have size. You play you play mm. to, to your size. I know that's big in NRL. Malcolm Johnson, the jockey. Remember, remember yeah, I know Johnson? Malcolm, yeah. He used to tell me he had a fantastic weekend. He scored 25 trials in the weekend. Admittedly, he's playing against eight-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> And he was still small. Right? Still small. <laughs> <laughs> the, the game loses. So the bit I object to is this notion that somehow the game loses its toughness. In a week where we saw oh, graphic combat injuries, the what? game is not losing anything oh. in its toughness by limiting the capacity to slap a bloke's head into the turf. Sure. Yeah, we had sternum oh, team. Fractured eye sockets. Fractured forearms, again. Um, we've had all manner of lacerated tongues, if you don't mind. We've had all manner of injuries. You've got to be so brave to play it. Yeah, you do. And the the gladiatorial nature, as Gary Lyon calls it, is there in every contest in every game. It is not diminished is by game, taking out the dangerous tackle. Our game has lost nothing by losing that sort of stuff. No. Lost nothing. The game in the 70s where oh. you run around belting blokes from behind and... Not from behind. Yes. In front. From sometimes. behind. Mark. Sometimes in the aftermatch. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> it's lost nothing, Jared. Yeah. So it is as tough as it's ever been and, and I marvel at what these guys are able to do. Mm. The spin-off conversation was around prior opportunity, which oh. admittedly... So Bucks has held this view for... I remember him raising it for the first time. Mm. The first year we did the show together. So this is six years ago and it's <laughs> so... In, 
infuriated Malcolm Bright that he was drawn to ring talkback, <laughs> which I loved every second of. What did he call it? The uh, something basket? The or ugly something? box. The ugly box. There's no like doubt the that you've got to protect the kids. And if the kids see what the, the adults do, guess what? They do it in their game. And that's, that's the big key. So, and, I, and I actually applaud the AFL for, for suspending these blokes and stopping them because they will change. If they're dumb, they'll keep getting it. If they're not, they'll get by. I think we're all happy with how footy looks at the moment. Yeah, we? I do too. I think so. Yeah. I don't think we need to do change. Too I mean, much. you make a change to prior opportunity and that's going to that's gonna open Pandora's box. Yeah. Mm. Right now, it's taken us years to get to here. Yep. Can we just enjoy this for a little while? Just let's just put the brakes on any changes um, and, and live this for two to three years. Yeah, but I don't mind the umpires reporting these blokes because it is a, a terrible blight when you smack someone's head into the deck, you know. Don't have a head of footy to change it anyway, but that's a whole other debate, Jared. so move on. <laughs> do, do you want to do that now? Ooh. Has the So is the AFL's uh, long process around the replacement CEO humiliating the candidates? Oh, well, I th- humiliating is a strong word. So that was an unsourced senior figure within mm. the AFL landscape, mm. club landscape. Mm. It's certainly the Herald Sun. Yeah, Sorry. it's, it's damn. It, yeah, I mean, it, it's without doubt damaged their reputation and their standing. Uh, if it's humiliated them, well, but Indivi- so you think individuals individually have been damaged by it? Yeah, oh, make, of make, the, make the case for me. Well, just by virtue of the fact that they've been dragged out into a, what is it, an 18 month process where they've been, and this is why Kylie Watson Wheeler would have wanted to keep it secret because she's got other boards to set two boards to satisfy. They wouldn't be overly thrilled with her going through a process for another as part of another organisation, and then she might not even get the job anyway, Jared. So there's untold damage done to her personally, but and and the thing that it's it's just gone on for so long that if Andrew Dillon actually does get the job, people will wonder, well, why didn't you give it to him? I'm all for a process, but this has gone far beyond a process. This is this is about four processes backed onto each other and revisited after an hiatus, and that can't be good for someone like Andrew Dillon, a key football executive, his reputation surely has been tarnished. Don't you think the day that he gets appointed as the CEO, none of that matters? I think it matters in the short term. I think people will wonder. If he doesn't, it does. But if you you put yourself up for a job and you don't get it, that's the risk you take. I've done that that a lot, Jared. (laughs) Don't don't you think it'll... (laughs) Failure's not a problem for you. (laughs) The the day Gil McLaughlin sits alongside Anthony Albanese and announces $250 million for the Roof Stadium in Tasmania, Mm. won't that be the light bulb moment going, oh, right, that's why he's still here, to finish that deal? And that might be in the next week. Yep. Yep. I don't have any... I don't have any... I don't have anything against Gillan McLaughlin for, for getting the key things done done. It was more that the process that started 18 months ago probably didn't need to be started then until they had a clear line of sight on. And that was the other thing the AFL did. They were initially hell-bent on providing a timeline, everything they hate doing. So when those timelines inevitably came and went, came and went, came and went, <laughs> that's what I mean. The process, if they could, they do a really good job, the AFL. I'm not about bashing them. I just think with this one, if they had their time over again, they would do it differently. Jared, who are the people who are... In that, how many people actually turned up to, to, to interview? Well, it would appear five, wouldn't it? Do you know names? So, well, so I Brendan Gale. I feel like we do. Yep. Brendan Gale, Travis Old, Andrew Dillon. Andrew Dillon. Kylie Watson-Wheeler. And Kylie Rogers. Kylie Rogers. Mm-hmm. So that, that would look like the field. Yeah. But there, there was the, the big gap between the first set of interviews and then when it, the process actually got yeah, serious. They, they, well, they just pushed pause for eight or nine months, seemingly, and said, we'll come back and revisit this later. Well, that was extraordinary. So I don't know. I mean, that's how I view it. And yes, will it wash over? Of course it will. We'll move on. And, and if it is Andrew Dillon or it is Kylie Watson, will I'm sure they'll do a great job. 
and they're coming in with everything having been done as well. There'll be nothing nothing left for them to do in the short term. I just think that wh- whoever does get it, it'll be like, well, why is it taking so long? So long. Hey, look, if you get it, you should be happy. Why do you have to worry about how, t- how long it takes? Well, I reckon if we had Andrew Dillon here and he spoke with honesty, he wouldn't be thrilled with the process, would he? Well, I, if he I gets the, the job, he would that. be. He'd be happy. Mm. Wouldn't he? I think that's right. I think on the day you're presented as the new chief executive, I... I I don't know whether any of this matters. Means nothing. But I think if the methodology is to make sure Tassie got done as a once in a lifetime mm. opportunity that Gil had to see it through, and if you changed jockeys at any point along the way, that might have let the feds off the hook. But the AFL's job that. now is done, though, isn't it? We're we're waiting for the federal budget to be handed down. I mean, I know it's only a couple no, of weeks I, away. No, your job's not done until you've got. That the announcement from the Prime Minister saying here's two hundred and fifty million dollars. And and the way federal governments and budgets work is if you are if you sleep for one minute on these things, so that money might be gone. Yep. So we either you get have it to or we diligently don't nail that down. Mm. I think the idea is this is on autopilot is is totally uh, I don't think that marries up with how federal governments work. So short well, so you think the AFL's on is an ongoing lobbying here all the time, all the time? Oh, oh they presented their case and now we just wait. No, nah, I think they. I think you have to stay more yep. diligent with federal governments than that to make sure they don't change their mind along the way. That's a sum and of you, money. You, you haven't gotten to, you've got it. And I, so I, I'm on standby for the press conference where it's announced, and this is going to be a historic It'll moment for the code. Massive story, but probably the biggest story of the year, to be honest. Yeah. And so I, and don't, don't change jockeys on the way to the Melbourne. Don't change jockeys on the Monday before the Melbourne Cup. Mm. Is we've done all of this work is hit the finish line and then go okay our guy's done now. But then he Gil McLaughlin announced he was leaving so long yes, ago. Yes, that's true. I can't argue the toss on that part uh, of it. But anyway, it's all sounding positive. Uh, nothing's changed with Tasmania. It's, uh, there's a lot of optimism around the place. So hopefully it's franked on May the ninth. Uh, did you read the Jason Francis piece in the Age today? <laughs> yes, I've had a look. I've had a look. <laughs> you can hear the booing. How'd they go? How'd you go? No, yeah, more yeah, the point. I haven't read the article. What was the core no. of the article? Uh, it's a sit-down interview with uh, with Caroline uh, Wilson. I've only uh, quickly skimmed over it in the Age newspaper today, but uh, it's pr- pretty raw in parts. Um, he, he says, I understand the North supporter side of it. I was a young kid. I made a, he says, a courageous decision to come home, and they are understandably disappointed. I'm just a bit confused about why Collingwood, Sydney, and Bulldog supporters, why they would boo me. I'm with Jason Horn Francis on that. I'm with him on that. The whole, the whole thing confuses me. Now that the neutral supporter clearly jumped the shark. I'd yeah. love to blame Kane, but <laughs> no, it's the they should never have given him number eighteen. They're looking at it thinking it's Kane. <laughs> so I've got a solution to this. He's <laughs> number 18, is it? I would like to propose a solution here. That's why he doesn't. Please like don't it. text me, Kane. That was a joke. Before Jason Horn Francis plays in any game. Kane and Kingy should be paraded in front of the crowd <laughs> to be booed for five minutes. To everyone get it out of their system, direct it in the right place, maybe throw rotten tomatoes That's and all. That's better. That's and a better And then kid. we can just go on and let Jason Horn Francis play once we've actually booed the people. Yeah, oh. put him on a wall. Time to a wall. It's uh, been an absolute tsunami <laughs> of uh, a cocktail of opinion. And, uh, yeah, and I think, Kingy, one of the things you said was spot on is that he's end up, ended up being the sole victim in it all, really, at the end of the day. Jason or Francis. So I'd like to think without everything else around it, that the, the normal villain aspect of a player leaving his club would have subsided by now, if you like. I'd like to think next time Rory Lobb yeah. plays against Fremantle, it'll be toned down and toned Change down. Numbers. <laughs> Give him a different number and it'll all go away. What about Just the idea, sellers, that so, some players are heroes and some players are villains? Yeah. There's no and doubt about it. Just embrace if you're a villain, no, just embrace no, your place. Actually, in there's nothing wrong with being a villain, I can tell you. 
you have a bit more, lot more fun than being a good bloke. Okay, eight hundred so. grand a year to be a villain. <laughs> I reckon is okay. There's something I want to ask you, Sal. Yes. So one thing Ken Inkley said was he's yeah. 19 years of yeah. age. Lay off him. He's not 28. Don't treat him like a 28. Is there an age cut off to these things where we can? Critique well, Kenny thinks he's an age cut off at 28. I mean, seriously, to me, at 18 years of age or 19 years of age, you're just learning the caper. But and and he's being bashed up by the public, and I understand that. And he's been bashed by a couple of radio blokes, and uh, and and that's how it works. But you know, hey, listen. He had it made a choice to leave a, a lower club to go back to his old club. Yeah. And I understand that the, I like that choice. His choice was right. He liked it. But they, they put a, they put 12 months or, t- or two years into him, working with him, and one year working with him to get him better. And he was a pretty damn good player. And I think he still is. He's going to be a good player. Uh, but uh, he, no need to put this sort of stuff on. It's just ridiculous. I don't know why you started, David. I didn't think I did. <laughs> you missed the core of my discussion. I didn't think I did, mate. I'm not going to let you yeah. this. No, I'm not going into this. But, but this this will go on forever, Ever. Jared. Yeah. You're playing AFL footy. Football. Yeah. And unfortunately, whether you like it or not, when you're the number one pick, it yeah. brings a profile. When you're a player that leaves a club for significant yeah. cash and a long tenure and you, you leave a club early, it brings a greater profile. This was always going to happen. happen. And as soon as they put on your team's jumper, you think differently about it. Ken didn't say anything last year. The comments that they're replaying were May last year. I didn't hear from Ken in May last year. Say, hey, look, that kid at North Melbourne, just lay off him, can you? No. It's only when they put the Port Adelaide jumper on that it becomes an issue. Every club's the same. This, This discussion will be revisited about another player in another year. Have you ever been booed? Only when I've gone home. What from? Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you ever get booed? Oh, of course oh, I yeah. did. Who, who, which crowds? Sometimes booed? the Carlton no, no. crowd booed me. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, I took great pride in that myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have a night out one night with another guy. Who's this? Oh, Val. Yeah. And uh, we got home a bit late and um, got caught. Caroline Wilson caught us. And. Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, she's brutal in her <laughs> assessment. Anyway, but and the Saturday we had to play. We played on the Saturday, and uh, oh, there was a bit of booing. We ran out in the ground. That was, I looked well, back, and it was our blokes. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> you had a late night. Well, later than you think. Might have been a swim through. <laughs> There's lots of different aspects to this, and and Kane's role in our modern media. It, it was so interesting to read a piece in the Guardian yesterday, which is identical to the pieces that get written that Stephen A. has ruined. American sports media, whilst he takes tighter and tighter control over it. So, but one of the lines in it was about young AFL players, but they're not NFL or Premier League players. You know, yes, they are. They're exactly that. Is this is our highest profile sport, and the participants are going. It doesn't matter how much you get paid. Is the scrutiny is the scrutiny because mm. it's our premier sport and the participants mm. in it. Um, and I do, I do worry that we are making the experience of a couple of teenagers really difficult as a broad footy community. But there's no introspection on that front. Um, but the idea that these these are not NFL and Premier League players, they are. They're exactly that. These are our highest profile athletes and this is the most discussed sport. And the idea that the way we follow footy might be to watch one game here and there and reminisce on the front bar, is the code would be worth nothing if that was the way we followed it. Is this is the biggest game in town because every aspect of it is so fiercely debated from tuck shops to pubs to boardrooms to media. That's sort of the glory of the sport. I don't know why we're squeamish about it. 
is if we didn't care about it, it wouldn't hold the. We'd all go and follow a different. We'd all go and cover live if, and talk about Saudi sports washing. Is the glory of the game is it is so Jeez, pervasive. I don't think I know big, anything about that. It could be quick. It's probably not going to be my topic, Jared. <laughs> it's just so pervasive. Not going to your pub. Or I don't know why we should shy away from but it. But you know what? It's yeah. not a bad thing. It's a good thing. I, I agree with you. I Jared, enjoyed it. Uh, AFL footy. <laughs> see, these days we call it um, you know, the, the mental challenge of the game, right, for these young kids. We, that's that's, that's the, you know, the mental health that's called today. There's, there are a thousand players that have been capable of playing high-level AFL footy for the last 40 years that have come to Melbourne from the country or from interstate that haven't been able to handle Melbourne or all the trimmings and everything that goes with it that have gone back and could have been superstar talent players. This is this is not a, a first-time discussion. No. This has been right through our code forever. I, I could name you 10 guys that should have played 100 games of AFL footy. And, and, and there is, they'd have as much impact as teenagers as what Jason Orr Francis has had already. So I understand the mental health side of it, but but it's not it's not a one off. This has been happening for a hundred years. Did the duck ever get booed? All the time. <laughs> Every set of rival fans. That's right. Because he was a great. The greats player. get hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. The curiosity is that's that, the way it yeah, works. It, there is a levels to the why, but anyway, we'll move past. Change that. the jumper number, was, Jared. You fix it. Was, <laughs> I still think if we paraded the two of you to get booed beforehand, everyone would get it out of their system and we could all just you come go with us. Harry Himmelberg, yeah. uh, he was a bit. Was he a bit non-committal, a or bit? was he just salty that he didn't get Mark of the Week? Oh, how, how did he not get Mark? <laughs> well, we know how he didn't because these are, this is a people's vote, a fan vote, and of course he didn't get enough votes to beat no Cody One, but he can still win Mark of the Year. So we need to make that point clear as well. But anyway, that's, <laughs> which, that's, sort, that's which sort of goes. What are we doing this for again? To, to get the punters involved. Can know, we ring all those people who voted? Just ring them back and say. Come on, mate. That Seriously. Was, what are you doing? Staggering. Can anyway. we troll them? Yes. Then we just should bombard them. Not enough them, trolling going on. Let's start that one. Well, Harry Hilmerberg's got the two best marks of the year at the moment, and he's also the owner of uh, this, the hottest free agent status in the country at the moment. So we know that. Uh, uh, you said he was a bit non-committal. He was 150% non-committal, Jared. <laughs> he said nothing. In fact, he put it all back on his manager, David Trotto, who does a great job at Hemisphere, to say, look, that's him. I'm, I'm just playing football. He's, he's working out the rest of it. So let's have a listen to Harry Himmelberg. He spoke uh, yesterday up in Canberra. Oh, I think for me it's, it's pretty easy. It's more so tough on my manager, Dave, Dave Trotter. He's, got a, he's the one that has to deal with it all. He just sort of lets me play footy and focus on footy and that's what I'm doing at the moment. I think, like I said, um, again, new coaches, new system. So I'm, I'm concentrating on learning that um, more so than worrying about contract stuff. I just want to play good footy and I just want to win. I think um, we'll, it'll play out throughout the year, but um, I'm comfortable where I am at the moment and I'm really happy with how the team's progressing this year and I'm just having fun playing footy. How, how does it feel? Like, does, it, does it flatter you a bit when you hear you know, 10, 10 plus clubs would like to sign you up? Is that sort of, um, how does it make you feel, I guess? Oh, I, I haven't actually heard that. But <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. No, I, um, like I said, I don't really focus on that stuff too much. I mean... Um, the, the best I can do is play good footy and if I'm worrying about that stuff, I feel like that's probably going to hinder that. So I just want to win games of footy and, and, and play well in our new system. Translation, I'm not sure if I want to stay yet. I want to entertain some other offers first and see how good they are and I'll revisit it with my manager, David Trotter, during the buy rounds like everyone else does in the industry. And I've watched teammates leave year on year on year and have really interesting experiences elsewhere. There's always that. So when you get to these... Um Media chats. Can you can you just keep one question in the back of your mind for me? When they say, "I leave that to my manager David Trotter," and we just talk, you know, I'll talk with David about it. Just say, "Okay, 
The last conversation you had with David, what was the topic? <laughs> what else are they talking about? Listen, we've had another offer. Uh, mm. Too long I've put this forward. Oh, yeah, how much oh, is it? Might be what, 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 you might be buying a property that Dave's ha- hanging, really? uh, helping him Where's out with. Where's the property? Uh, helping him out with a loan. Or Whereabouts? <laughs> but what about the drive home? You ring, them, ring David and go, David, uh, have you had offers from 10 clubs? Yeah. <laughs> the guy at the press conference showed them in 10 clubs. Ten, is this happening? What do you they? tell me? <laughs> what are their names? What are they called? They're offering what? As I say on the castle, what's the offer? Tell him he's dreaming. You've got a long list of um, expansion GWS. players who left, haven't you? Yeah, it just goes back to 218, where there's Griffin and Centerfield and Scully, and then Rory Lobb left, went to Fremantle, and then you've got Shield, and then you've got Moore, and then you've got uh, Tazine. Tazini. So then you go to 219. Another eight, another three go. Bonner, Patton, and Tomlinson. And then and then you go to 220. This is there's 12 in the 220 that left. There's there's Caldwell. Uh, there's uh, Cameron. Jeremy Cameron's a star, absolute star. A core. Uh, you got Jackson Hately, uh, Heatley, and uh, then you go Sam Jacobs, Zach uh, Zach Langdon. Then you then you push into Heath Shaw. Uh, then you go Sheridan. And then you go to uh, Zach Williams. It's a, it's a, it's a, just a procession of people leaving the the. Uh, it's it's the spin cycle. Yeah, it's incredible how yeah. many people they have lost in their time. That's that's the Greater West of Sydney side, of you, course. You should Unbelievable. Keep reading that list right through the ad break, and you'll still be going then, on the and, other side. And the big news of the week for Repco Authorised <laughs> Service, Penrite Oil, and your local Repco Authorised Service. If he reads it like that, he will be, Jared. <laughs> <laughs>